welcome to welcome to this lesson on the future future in the past Hola, this is Lane Santa Cruz, your Ward 1 council member with your co-host. Liz Soltero. And you are listening to No Tucson. We started this podcast in response to our daily fight against COVID-19 and as another means to share information and resources with community. So Liz, what do we have this week? So this week, we're, our conversation is going to focus on the call to have an equity lens as we work through the city of Tucson budget. A few weeks ago, you heard from Benny, owner of El Boraco and BKs, in regards to their experiences around navigating assistance from our economic initiatives office. And so we've been re-strategizing our approaches. And last week, May 5th, Council Member Santa Cruz, Mayor and Council approved $5.5 million from our CARES Act funding that the city received. This money was allocated and approved to support the We Are One Somos Unos Resiliency Fund. And so $2 million is going to small business continuity grants, $3 million for the assistance of workers and families, and $500K to nonprofits for continuity grants. And you put a motion on the table to call for mayor and council to approve an equity assessment of all COVID-19 CARES Act funds um, that are coming through our city. And so wanted to hear from you as to, you know, why, why it's so important. Um, start to talk through that. Thank you for that, Liz. So I think from the beginning, we talked about how in moments of crises, new protocols and systems get put into motion of how we do business that then become normal and that we could also use this as an opportunity to change what our new normal or how the city does business from here on out. And so I know that that's been at the forefront, you know, during this pandemic. And one of the things had been trying to get the city to implement an office of equity and human rights. And we've been having these conversations with the city manager for a couple of years now that started from the work that we did with um, with the big jump project which was how do we get more folks on the south side to use the bicycle as a viable mode of transportation we had approached the city manager like three four years ago of how it was important that even the way the city engages with community needed to come from this place of like understanding all like the historical disinvestment and tokenizing that happened especially with marginalized communities so that was the first time that we had introduced this idea of like an office of equity. We knew that now with like the cut in funding that, that's coming, that that was going to take the back burner. Like that wasn't going to be something of importance. And the way that we talked about how our small businesses were being left out or the ways that we're making it very difficult for them to access these loan funds kind of made, made me realize like, we're really good, you know, I think as like community organizers and activists of being critical about how the system works against us. And sometimes the challenge is like, how do we present alternatives and solutions? And 
when, when I get in these moments of like rage, I'm like, okay, how do I channel? How do I channel my coraje to something productive? And it was like, okay, let's use this, let's use this moment to have the city be responsive to our community by making sure that whatever CARES fund money is, is allocated in the way we respond is through having this equity lens. And so part of it is the assessment that we need to collect data, that we need to see how we're working with our community partners. But now the challenge is how do we put forward a budget to the city manager that centers you know, this, this dialogue or this framework of equity. And having that conversation at the mayor and council table became, became a little tense. What was that experience like for you? There were questions of, that were brought to you that were forms of resistance and um, strategies to try to derail you. What were you feeling? What were you thinking as you moved through that conversation with mayor and council? It is a really interesting place to be because, you know, anytime I present something, we've had to have had it all figured out every single time. Like there's this, this expectation that everything needs to be perfect before I bring it to the table. And I remember having this moment like, no, I don't have it all figured out about what this needs to look like, but there needs to be a clear message to our city manager that this is a priority and a value that the majority of the council has. And I'm like, even if it's not perfect, it's in the spirit of what needs to happen. And we can flesh out the details later in conversations with our community, with other department heads, you know, and other folks who've been doing this work for a long time. So it was interesting that like, that was a pushback, you know, that we got that like, I hadn't thought about how this was gonna impact, you know, our police or our first responders, if we're putting more, more bureaucracy for them to get through. And, you know, it's just always fascinating to be like, our community doesn't even know how to navigate the bureaucracy. Like we, we make it so difficult for them, but now all of a sudden, because we're going to have to have city departments and, and department heads think about this as they're, as they're putting their budgets together and how they're going to respond. Like I'm creating more bureaucracy for them. So there was this moment where um, on the table it was even asked like should I table this or should I bring this up later and I was like no like no this is not going to be perfect and we're going to keep working through it but I want there to be a vote on the table this can go whatever way it needs to go but I want to see where people are at because I want the city manager to know where we're coming from so um, after a lot a lot of like a lot of bumps you know then that conversation um, it, it passed and it passed six to one with one person not in agreement. The other thing that it highlighted for me is like in these council meetings, like how do we show up in a way that is productive because there are folks who will monopolize the conversation during the mayor and council meetings and then not let other people talk and then they're just going in circles. And so, yes, so colleagues did come in, right, to, to vote in support of that and folks also shared comments that this was this was an opportunity and this was a starting point for us as a city and yes all things are not figured out and there's a lot to work through but it is the it is the start point so what would some of the successes look like you know as we go through this really pressing hard time um, what would some of the initial successes look like 
So I'm really appreciative and thankful that I have a colleague in Phoenix, you know, council member Carlos Garcia in Phoenix that I get to call on, you know, for a lot of support, just bouncing ideas about how to move things or like, how do we put together a budget for the CARES Act that is centering equity and the most marginalized folks. And I think it's important that we, some of that, those CARES Act funds that are coming our way that we save um, for later in the summer, early fall, when we have a better picture of the impact that all of this has had on our community. But then that, yes, of course, like we need to like support our workers and making sure we have like the safety equipment, you know, the hand sanitizing, how are we going to reopen? But it's very important that like as a city that we're responsive to our community so that a big chunk of those funds need to also go towards helping out with rent and mortgage assistance, to utility assistance, to helping out workers who were left out of unemployment funds, were left out of stimulus, that we need to make sure that we're supporting folks who have childcare needs and like the like our schools with the lunches, you know, all the food, the food assistant needs that we're gonna have, um, that we're again seeing this as an opportunity, like why we need to have like public Wi-Fi why we need to make that more accessible to folks that it's just this is going to change how how we how we operate and we need to use this moment to center justice you know for our communities yes 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 do we want Can I say something else yeah of course so i'm not sure folks in our community know that um, like two weeks into the pandemic, we pushed the city manager to think about how we could make our public transportation free. And um, we were, you know, one of the first cities in the, in the country to be able to do that. But even continuing that, like, I believe that public transportation should be free. And how do we use the funds that we're getting for transit to, to make sure that we continue to make our, our bus, our transit system free and accessible to everybody in our community? So we look forward to getting folks' feedback and, and hearing from them on their thoughts, your thoughts. And we're going to start virtual office hours with Council Member Santa Cruz on Thursdays. And that'll be an opportunity to connect. Please stay tuned as we figure out and work through those details because we look forward to hearing from you. Also, if folks um, before then want you know to give us feedback, like everyone, the public's always welcome to send in their comments to the ward one at tucsonaz.gov email or also if you want to um, put a post on our facebook on our social media wall that we can um, follow up please feel free to do that as well so let's wrap up with some moments of joy so during this um stay at home or you know you know stay at home order we've all been developing different habits but wanted to see, you know, and ask, are there any habits in particular that your kiddos are <laughs> developing? Or even, you know, if there's just moments of joy in seeing them because we are getting to see and be with our kids. Anything you'd like to share for your kiddos? What are they doing? So for my birthday, I got these cute parakeets that are keeping my home full of beautiful sounds and, and the presents that they have. But it's been super sweet that all of the kids like talk to, you know, like talk to them, are caring for them, just trying to make them feel a part of the family. So they'll move them around the house 
so that they're engaged. And then even when we're watching movies, like they want to have them in front of the TV (laughs) so that they're also participating. Uh, but they've also done all kinds of research now on parakeets. And so that's really cool to see them get all excited about it. I don't know how many folks are aware of this, but we, you know, did we do some kind of practice of unschooling where we support, you know, self-directed education in our home. And when my kids decided that they wanted to go to some sort of like educational institution more full-time that I miss them. You know, I don't get to spend as much time as I did with them before. So during this time, like, I just feel like I love having them around, you know, like they have their own personalities. Um, They, yes, they drive me crazy as well. (laughs) But I like, I enjoy having them around the house. What about you, Liz? Well, I have um, Noah, right? So Noah's six and uh, Noah has a big personality. (laughs) And now he's playing, right, these video games where he actually plays with friends and <laughs> gets to play with, with uh, Yaneli Linson. And it's really sweet to hear how excited he gets because right now it's me and our two dogs. And so there's not a lot of interaction with other kids. And so he actually really like thrives in those moments and to hear his excitement and giggling and he just gets like so excited and I'm just, it's really sweet. And also learning when like friends can't play, but <laughs> it's, it's really sweet how excited he's into, you know, learning how to play with folks and do that in real time. The other thing that we've enjoyed doing is we walk we take a, a walk at least once a day with the dogs. And so we started to take pictures of all the plants or if we see birds and that's just our thing. We take pictures. Um, and so that's been really sweet. It's like, Ooh, have, take a picture of this. Like if it's the flowers on the cactus, it's been fun to get to do little adventures being outside when we, when we need a break. And I think also just getting to explore and, do the fun things and learn about the things he wants to learn is always a really nice opportunity now that we're not in school in that same way. Thank you, Liz. So before we wrap up, I wanted to do a little shout out to our our healthcare workers. We're just wrapping up the end of uh, nurses week and now moving into hospital week. And last week, we had the opportunity to, to work with um, the County Board of Supervisors, Sharon Brownson and Betty Villegas, and our Tucson Mayor, Regina Romero, to paint the A at Sentinel Peak royal blue in recognition of all the work that our frontline healthcare workers have been doing in protecting our community during this pandemic. So I just wanna do a shout out you know, to all of them, for, for folks to know that that was the purpose behind painting the A blue. Big thank you to all of them. And thank you all for doing that and recognizing. Thanks for listening to No Tucson. Visit our social media, keep listening on our website, or subscribe to our newsletter to stay up to date and in the know. If you don't know, now you know.